ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, saddle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Amigos, we got plenty to get into today. Pelicans back at it again. And the goal today is to end the, the losing streak. Jake Madison will leave things off with us here in a matter of minutes. We talk about the Pels. Maybe, more than likely, we will see reinforcements today. Jake Madison, 12.05. Scott Prather at 12.15. Corey Glore, 12.30. Tulane basketball also looking for snappy losing streak. They are on the road at Wichita State. He will join us at 12.30. 1.15, Ralph Marlborough. 1.30, Aaron Summers. Saints and Pelicans team reporter. And at 2.15, of course, Mr. Sean Fox. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. It's hump day. Hump day. I know you can hear me. Let's just loop it. Today's more than that. What, that camera Wednesday update is that what it is? Indeed, there is current NFL Fox analyst, Sean Payton. Apparently, per Colin Coward yesterday, I'll play it later on in the show, he opened up his segment on Sean Payton saying the Broncos have determined they want him. Russell Wilson wants him. It's up to him. He's got the interview with the Cardinals tomorrow. So we'll give our thoughts on that as well. Saints co-defensive coordinators have had interviews. Yesterday, Ryan Nielsen with the Falcons. Hey, Roy, the Miami Dolphins. Interviewing Chris Richard for their defensive coordinator position. Oh, boy. Let's see what takes place over the next couple of days while we find out where Sean Payton goes. 800-998-1003 is the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. Jake Madison will lead things off here this segment. We will talk off. We'll talk about last night. Pelicans lose by one to the number one seeded team in the Western Conference. First half, second half, two completely different halves. They were down by 19, make their way back thanks to the way the bench played over and over again. Billy Hernan Gomez seeing some playing time yesterday. He helped. Jose Alvarado, another help. Jose, center of the lane, got to the rim, and another lay-in. They're just giving him free reign. Mike Malone cannot believe it. Yeah, we couldn't believe it either. Down one, three seconds to go. Herb Jones under the basket to inbound the final play. Herb going to inbound baseline left. Who are you going to get? Herb, chest it to McCollum, shot fake, three ball left corner. Nope, ball game. And there you have it. Five straight losses now for the Pelicans at Nola Jake's story to follow Mr. Jake Madison from Locked On Pels to discuss this and the return of Brandon Ingram tonight. Jake, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Thank you for your time. Of course. Thanks for having me on, Gus. All right, so let's start with, obviously, the big news today. We'll break down the game and what it means moving forward. But Brandon Ingram set to return to the lineup today. The obvious, Jake. Uh, they need him. Yeah, that's pretty safe to say, right? The Pelicans are on a five-game losing streak right now. And one of the, there's been a similar rhythm to a lot of their losses since Dion left and with that hamstring injury. They can handle kind of the game for the first half, and then the second half things really start to get away from them. And then they often kind of completely fall apart in the in the fourth quarter. That's probably just due to role players stepping up as much as they can, but they're not necessarily capable of doing that for a full four quarters. That's why they can get a lead on a team like the Miami Heat or the Cleveland Cavaliers, but fade down the stretch when talent ultimately wins out in the NBA, particularly in the fourth. And then in this game against the, the Denver Nuggets, you saw them really kind of string it together in the second half. Role players played better at home, and you started to see them kind of feed off of the crowd, the energy. But they need help closing games. They need another scoring threat out there beyond C.J. McCollum, who's really the only guy that can create his own offense. That's where this is going to help. When you look at that final play of the game last night, it wasn't particularly great. But if you have another guy out there that gives you another option, someone that teams need to account for, and it just opens things up 
a little bit. It means role players slot into their roles a little bit better, and it fixes a lot of just the main issues that you've seen with the team. So beyond just being out there and being Brandon Ingram, one of the two best players on their squad, it helps everybody else. So this is massive for New Orleans. It's something they've really needed for a while now. One of the aspects as well, Jake, that he's going to bring – is ball handling, right? I mean, he's a guy that does bring the ball up and down the court. It has it in his hands, things of that nature. And I think for C.J. McCollum, that was one of the biggest things that not having Zion uh, and some of these other guys, even Najee or Dyson, we'll get into in a second, additional ball handlers. Jake, he had six turnovers yesterday. He had seven in Miami. That's just not a strong suit right now. No, you, you bring up a really great point. I think when he was when CJ McCollum was brought over from Portland and going into this year, you saw the Pelicans kind of want him to be more of a, a point guard as opposed to an off-ball guard. But when he's his best, it's off-ball. He can handle the ball enough. He's maybe 75% of a pure ball handler, but he's not all the way there. And I think he's just been overburdened in that role so far this year. Not that there's really any other options or the Pelicans have answers to that problem, while Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson were out. But if you can take a little bit off of CJ's plate, let him focus more on shooting, getting in a rhythm that way, I think that frees him up to be a better player than what we've seen from him recently. And when he was playing with Zion, over a two-month stretch, he looked like an all-star. He was putting up all-star numbers, shooting over 50% from three, among some other situations. So this is a guy that really just helps CJ too. It's just going to make everyone better. I don't think the Pelicans have needed to panic when I look at this team. I think the losing streak and the things they're going through are very understandable. And don't forget the limited games, the limited minutes where Zion, B.I., and CJ have all played together. This team has been a world beater. They've looked like one of the best teams in the league. That starting lineup with those three guys in would have the best net rating in the league, the best offensive rating, and the best defensive rating. They're that good when they're all healthy. They're just not healthy, and I think that's been the biggest issue for New Orleans. Yeah, no doubt. And I think one of the other things, too, that what Brandon Ingram brings, you kind of touched on it already, Jake, is the fact that some of these role players, those minutes are sort of reduced, too, right? We've talked about this in the past. It's nice to have Najee 16-18 on a game. Alvarado, kind of like he had last night, that's 17. The problem is when you had Alvarado or Trey or Najee have to do that as starters, it kind of limits really what they're good at, right? So by getting a starter back in, it, it kind of puts their role player back to where they're comfortable in and kind of what you need, that off the bench. Yeah, you nailed it. it, it there are, beyond just his impact and what he's capable of doing when on the court, there's downstream effects of it as well. And it's getting guys with their right spot. Look, credit to this Pelicans team for having this kind of fight in them throughout this really rough, stretch that they've been on with a tough schedule and all of these injuries, but guys are only capable of doing so much. You know, we like to say next man up mentality, but there's no next man up to replace Brandon Ingram. There's no next man up to fully replace Zion Williamson. Guys are only capable of doing what they can do. And we've seen them do that, just not over a full four quarters. And that's not to insult anyone here. It's just the reality of a situation. So when you get a guy that's better playing against second units, back to playing against second units instead of opponent starters, that's really important for you. Maybe you can win those minutes when the starters are off the court. It gets that guy into a role that he's more comfortable with, that he prepared for going into the season, that he played in to start the year. And just everything starts to sort itself out that way. So... The, the biggest issue for the Pelicans this season has just been injury. I don't think there's really a big problem with the offense, a big problem with the defense, beyond just missing the guys that make everything work, right? Zion and B.I. are the engine that drive the car. Yeah. They're not anything else, and none of these other guys are capable of being the engine that kind of steers everything in the right direction. So getting Brandon Ingram back, you know, I, I, we're not sure what his his minutes are going to look like in this game. We don't know if he's going to play on the second night of back-to-back, things like that. But just simply getting some of that back mm-hmm. is going to be massive for New Orleans. And I think they're going to really feed off the crowd's energy in this game tonight. I think this gives kind of like an uplifting boost to the roster of the team as well. And they're going to come out really playing well to try and get off this skid and do what they can with Brandon Ingram out there on the court. Jake Madison locked on Pels at Nola Jake, the way to follow on Twitter. You bring it up. I mean, it's not about disrespect or thinking these guys can't do it. It's a strength that the Pelicans have had that bench when it is against the other team's bench because when Zion and B.I. were on the court before Zion went out, Jake, stats will tell you they were one of the highest scoring offensive teams in the NBA. 
three of the last four games, they haven't hit 100 points. I mean, it, it it's right there. Yeah, offense has been a problem. Offense has really been a problem for New Orleans. Their defense has actually been okay during the stretch. They're around middle of the league, around, right around 13-15. That's an okay spot to be in, all things considered, I think, when you, when you look at it. You know, we often hear about defense turning into offense, but the reverse can also be true. Offense can turn into defense. When you're getting buckets, the opponent has to inbound the ball. Your defense can get back and get set, and teams aren't killing you in transition. That's a really important thing, too, and New Orleans hasn't been getting those type of scores. The offense has been one of the worst in the league during the stretch. But again, that's understandable, right, when you have 50 points in street close, two guys that are irreplaceable. It's just an unfortunate reality of the situation. It's almost blameless in a sense, I think. Injuries happen. It's just how it goes in the league, and they unfortunately came up at a real inopportune time for the Pelicans. But when you look at this team, they're still top four in the West. Right, They've been injured all season long. We've only gotten 10 games, I think, of B.I., C.J., and Zion together, only 15 games of Brandon Ingram, and they're still in this position. They've been really good even when they're missing a key guy while still having the other one. If you want to take a glass-half-full approach to this team, they haven't even come close to reaching their full potential. And they're a top-four seed in the West. You know, I've seen people kind of freaking out a little bit, calling for a big trade or things like that. I think this team just needs to get healthy, and they're going to be able to be a real force to be reckoned with in the postseason. Yeah, that's a good point. The um, realistic expectations for Brandon, you kind of touched on it here as well. I, I mean, I don't expect 40 tonight in 38 minutes, right? So a gradual ramping up for him to get back into it. He hasn't played since Black Friday, Jake. I mean, I, I don't know what his win's going to be like, but eventually we'll get the Brandon Ingram we know. Yeah, it probably won't be in this game. If he goes off and scores 30, we're going to be thrilled. We'll be celebrating in the Smoothie King Center. But I don't think that's the expectation. Let's just let him look like a basketball player out there, whatever that kind of means. I'm sure he's going to be on some minor at the very least minutes restriction. Maybe he'll play 30 minutes. Maybe it won't go over that. Maybe it'll be a little bit more, a little bit less. But I'm with you. I don't expect 40 minutes if it's a close game or anything like that. They're taking the long-term view of this season with these injuries to Brandon Ingram, to Zion Williamson. But if he can look a little bit like himself, even if you have to use him as more of a decoy or something along those lines, that's going to go a long way towards giving C.J. McCollum a little bit more space, maybe giving Zion Williamson, or not Zion Williamson, Jonas Valanciunas a little bit more space down low, letting them make some easy passes. Maybe it helps the Pelicans cut down on turnovers, which has been a bit of a problem for him the past couple of games. Anything he can do to influence the game in a positive way is going to be really important. But if you only see him play for eight minutes at a time, that wouldn't shock me. They'll get him back to being himself eventually, but there is a ramp-up period. So it's not like the the reinforcements are coming in today and everything's fixed. There's still going to be an adjustment period with it. Right. I kind of use the analogy of you're you're bringing troops to the front line. It's going to take a bit before the offensive can kind of get going, right? And part of that offensive is getting Zion back. The news came out yesterday. Imaging looked great. Hammy is healing. And I know fans are probably going, great, when is he playing? Well, they said they're going to reevaluate him in two weeks, and I think people's brains kind of shut down from that aspect of it. I, I kind of did, too. I, I, I text Graf, what well, does that mean he's just sitting and watching? No, they, they're going to gradually get him to do basketball stuff. Coach Green said that, shooting, getting him back to being able to play basketball after not really doing that for three with the hammy. So it, it is good news. You're just going to have to wait another two weeks. Yeah, and this is usual with hamstring injuries. Those are an injury that can really derail a season. And in general, they just kind of have a specific kind of treatment plan for it. And you've just got to follow it. It's almost as simple as that. You know, the fact that it's healing well, the fact that there was no setback, that it's going according to plan, that's a good thing given some of the injury history we've had here in New Orleans. Not hearing the words setback issue or anything like that is going to be really key. This is just a hamstring injury. This is the normal progression of it. As long as it's following the normal progression of it, I'm fine with that. It'll be another two weeks till they reevaluate him. If all's going well, they'll probably start to ramp him up for practices after that. And then maybe you see him in about four weeks' time, I think could pay maybe be the earliest. You know, maybe three weeks if things are going well, but you're looking at the all-star break around then, and it might be better just to hold him out, get him some work during the all-star break, and then have him come back fully fresh after that. Yeah, I agree. About 60 seconds here, Jake. I know one of the other hot topics the last couple of games in particular is rotations, players particularly like Hayes and Graham, should you use Billy Moore, Kyra, things like that. 
I think that's understandable, and I think there's arguments to be made for that. But do you think that's part of the health thing as well, that once you start getting these guys back, that those guys aren't going to be paying nearly as many minutes, so it's not as important when they're on the court? Or, or do you legitimately think over the next couple of weeks Coach Green's going to have to maybe do what he did last year and, and kind of look at who exactly is coming off the bench? Mix of both. I think you don't want to change your rotation from game to game. That's not how it works in the NBA. I definitely think we've seen some things that are not working, and I wonder why the Pelicans are still repeating some of those mistakes. Devontae Graham, unfortunately, has not given them much. Maybe at this point it's time to try another guy, like Kyra Lewis Jr. He had one point in last night's game. If Kyra is terrible, and I'm not saying he's an answer, he means he has zero points. Is there a huge difference there? I think the answer is no. And they started to mix it up. They started Jackson Hayes in that game over Dyson Daniels trying to go big. It didn't quite work, but at least they weren't doing the same thing over and over and over again that we've seen hasn't been working. Minor tweaks like that I think could be important just to try new things. But with Brandon Ingram coming back, with Zion set to return in the future, you're right. It probably doesn't make that much of a difference overall. Dyson Daniels going down with the ankle sprain, man. Can't, can't go a game, can they? Just can't catch a break. Hopefully they do soon, and hopefully they go on a run after the also break. The latest on that and his thoughts, go follow Jake Madison, Locked On Pels. We'll be talking about all of that. And, of course, Brandon's debut tonight uh, after being gone for about two months at NOLA Jake's. The way to give a follow. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate it, sir. Of course. Thanks, guys. Yep, for sure. It's actually been two months to the date, right? The 25th, I think. November 25th to January 25th. But Brandon Ingram will be back on the court tonight. We'll talk to Scott Prater and Lafayette, see how the fans over there are feeling in Acadiana. It's the Sports Hangle on ESPN New York. Does your vehicle need servicing and you don't want to drive too far? Calvin Braxton Ford Service Department in Lockport is offering these specials until further notice. Get a diesel oil change for $159.95 or a gas-only oil change for $49.95, up to 5 quarts. Calvin Braxton Ford, 5978 LE1 in Lockport. Big town inventory, small town prices. Are you kidding me? Gas prices are up again? Somebody has to do something. Well, someone did. That's why I use Upside. Upside? What's that? It's a free app that pays you back real money for every gallon of gas or diesel you buy. I just earned 25 cents back on every gallon of this tank. So the Upside app is free and you actually get cash back every time you use it? No strings attached? Yep, it's awesome. Check it out. It only takes a couple of minutes to sign up. Instead of just watching your dollars go into your tank, start putting money back into your wallet with the free app from Upside. With the price of gas today, it's big news and big money. To cash out of your Upside cash, just transfer it to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card. Upside users have already earned over $200 million. Now it's your turn. Download the free Upside app and get cash back on every gallon of gas. Use promo code ESPN10 for an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's code ESPN10. Use code ESPN10 for an extra 25 cents per gallon back in your first fill-up. Cash back is not available in gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Following a natural disaster, it is imperative that insurance companies respond quickly for our communities begin to rebuild. Louisiana law requires prompt adjustment of claims as well as payment following a storm. If your insurance company failed to pay your claim within 30 days following inspection of your property, please call us at AMO Trial Lawyers, 985-446-3333. That's 985-446-3333. You may have an additional claim for recovery. AMO Trial Lawyers. Big talker, ain't you? The man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. 800-998-1003 is our listener line and it's also our guest line as well. Brought to you by the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. Mr. Scott Prather. Scott Mimic is the way to follow over on Twitter. Over there in Lafayette. 103.3, the GOAT. Go ahead, give me a GOAT sounder. Come on, give me a good one. <laughs> there it is. That's what I like to hear. Man, I'm trying to get myself in a good mood. Last night stunk, right? I mean, when it looked at the Pelicans. Um, look, you knew you were going in. 
Uh, I think the graph said it at one point in the broadcast. This is we're going into a gunfight with a pillow as you were down 19. But then you saw the fight on this team. You saw why people love Jose Alvarado. You saw why I love Billy Hernan Gomez. And then you also see though why they're on a five game losing streak. That last play, not execution. Poor CJ just couldn't get anything to go in. Over eight from the three point line, but. You get Brandon Ingram back today, man. How are fans feeling in the KDN about the Cows? Frustrated. You know, last night was, I mean, you said it. It was, it was kind of heartbreaking in a weird way. And so they just needed a win so bad. The morale, to snap a losing streak. And if they lose by 12, if they, you know, just don't have that run in the fourth quarter, it's kind of, you know, it stinks. You don't have the heartbreak. I mean, Jose, that fourth quarter, his Man, he turns into Michael Jordan when he plays the Nuggets, doesn't he? He was he was awesome, and uh, and when they get the late lead, uh, I mean, Jokic did his thing. He, he gets the Nuggets a bucket, and then Pels have a chance to win. And uh, yeah, it was it was frustrating, man. And and they need it, you know. My my prediction all along for when Bi would return was was this Saturday, the twenty eighth. So I was off by a game. Happy to be off by a game. You know, certainly it's going to take a minute to get his legs under him, but. This team needs a jolt right now, and and you know to lose Dyson Daniels last night. Who knows how long he'll be out? It, I, I'm just sick of the injuries. I don't think we're going to see Zion until after the All Star break. So you just you're trying to stay afloat while they're gone, but January's been rough. You know it's going to be the first losing month of the season they've had thus far, and uh, if they can you know get a few wins here tonight, maybe Saturday in DC. Just, just for not just for standing, just for morale, man. A win tonight, I think, would go a long way. I really do. I just had Jake Madison on from Locked On Pels. Asked him his reasonable level of expectation about Brandon Ingram, not only tonight but really the next couple of games. He literally, to the date, January twenty fifth, November twenty fifth, was the last time he played. It's been two months. Um, what's your reasonable level of expectation from Bi tonight and even the next couple of games? What is his conditioning? You know, I, I know he's been doing five on five. I, I think he'll come out and I think he'll look good. How's he going to look in the fourth quarter? You know what I mean? Um, this is a team that generally, when guys come back from injury or from COVID, anyway, I get it. You know, they, they make sure they get a practice or two in. And I know, I know that BI is practice, but we've seen guys come back that have missed significant time and they, they don't have their legs under them quite yet. So I, I think the expectation is I'm expecting them to play well in the first half, and I think the legs will get a little tired in the fourth quarter, um, and hopefully the Pelicans have a good lead and they have some good role players. But I don't think for a guy like B.I., who is one of the most talented offensive players on the planet, I don't think it's going to take him long to warm up from the field. I don't. I don't expect it to be a night where a man just in and out or just doesn't fall. Like he, he's going to come out and he's going to score. How is he? That's my big thing is the condition. And I think that's going to take two or three games. But you know what? The only way to get there is to get out there and play. So uh, I'm looking I'm looking for him to have a, a solid offensive game tonight, Gus. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll see how his legs look in the fourth quarter, man. Maybe a little tired. Maybe the jumper's a little short late. But right. it's just it's just, it's just great to have him back in the lineup. Really yeah, man. Look, um, Schmidt Dewitt tweeted this a little bit ago. I kind of spoke about it as well with Jake Madison. But, you know, since Zion's injury and when it happened, there were 22 games to the All-Star break. There was a reason I said, can you just be six? It wasn't that I didn't think this team was good or had faith in them. I'm just being realistic. You have to have your star players in the NBA. There's just too much parity to three-point ball. You can lose on any night, man. It's tough. But the Pels have the 27th-ranked offense right now, 13th-ranked defense since his injury. They were one of the top teams offensively. The defense is still there, and you saw in the last two games they've held teams to under um, 100 points. So or 100 or less. So it, they've, they've got it together after that Orlando game and Willie gave a chewing. It, it, it's the offense, yeah. man, but you got to have the guys, man. You, you've got to have players that can help. You can't have Devontae Graham give you a point off the bench. You can't have Trey Murphy give you three points in the second half after 14 in the first against Miami. You can't You, you can't have that. You That's why you need your guys, man. And, and you've noticed in the last couple of games, i I, I got to give a shout-out to Najee Marshall. Because yeah. they've had losses long yeah. stretches offensively where they swing the ball, they can't get it inside, especially when Jonas is on the bench. 
somebody ends up taking a contested jumper late in the shot clock. Someone drives, misses a floater. Najee is so intentional about getting into the paint, not all the time, but whenever the offense is kind of in a slump. He is about as intentional as it gets about, you know what, guys? We need to make something happen here. And I'm not saying it works every time, but it's that mindset. And I think, obviously, you're missing your two best players, but I think missing Najee. I mean, listen, this team, prior to a week ago today, they lost last week to Miami, the first game back from a long road trip. They looked they looked bad. Um, prior to that game, Gus, they had had one game all season where they didn't get to 100 points, at least. Only one, and it was a loss. In the last week, they've had three times they haven't gotten to 100. You know, they've been missing Najee Marshall. They've been missing, obviously, B.I. and Zion. And offensively, you're right, it's, it's been sluggish. But when the defense has it going, that's whenever they've been able to have offense. Awesome. Good defense leads to easier offense. And that's just especially important whenever you've, you're a team that's, that's missing a lot of offensive firepower. And, you know, back when they are in first place, you know, they, they were top five in offensive and defensive efficiency. You looked at where they are now. Yeah, it makes sense. You're missing your two best players, but also missing Najee for a stretch. Now you're going to miss Dyson Daniels. I think we talk about this team being one of the deepest, maybe the deepest in the league. Mm-hmm. But, boy, it's it's not as deep as it used to be when you start piling up these injuries. And so it's good to have B.I. back. And, obviously, if you had your pick, you would say, well, yeah, B.I. is more important than Dyson sure. Daniels. Of course he is. I'm not suggesting he's not. But, God, dog, it's like Dyson went out last night, and mm-hmm. I haven't, you know, because of B.I.'s return, nobody's really talking about that. And that's he, – he brings a lot to the table. Huge defense. loss, man. A lot. It's a huge loss. And, and I mean, it, it's a big loss, big time. Yeah. And that's, a, that's an ankle sprain, so let's see how long that takes. Um, moving on to the Saints, sir. Last Wednesday when you were on here, I kind of hinted. Start playing that Welcome Back Cotter song, you know. Welcome oh, back. Well, God. we found out on Thursday – Bring it back. Maybe a bit of hope. Since then, we found out Ronald Curry is going to be an offensive coordinator for the Senior Bowl. My running theory, and I don't know anything. I'm just speculating. What if Ronald Curry is your day-to-day shot, you know, the play clock is going on, play caller on the sideline, and Pete Carmichael does what he does best? You know, game plan, play with that Microsoft tablet, sit next to the quarterback, analyze what's going on, kind of bounce things off with Ronald. Because everyone I talk to, and and if you hurt players during the season, they're very high on him. There's a reason that NFL coaches have selected him in an elevated role to go to this. That's what the Senior Bowl is doing this year. Coaches in a committee are selecting these coaches. Do you think that's an option, especially since nine other teams are looking for OCs? Uh, I would say make him your OC and fire Carmichael. <laughs> you know, or uh, if 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 what you say is true, they want to keep Carmichael around because he has done a lot of good things in his long tenure with the Saints. I, I'm, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm, right. I'm, well, yeah, you're not around 14, 16 seasons, dude. If I guess, they don't I like you. Well, no, right? I, 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 <laughs> I, I I get that. I think I think to um, you know to, to test your theory, does 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 Curry get a raise here? You know, if he gets a raise, because if you're going to essentially become an OC without being an OC, then you're just going to resign in a positional role. Well, you're you're not getting paid the way you're supposed to get paid. You know, at your job, if they're like, "Hey, we, we're giving you a promotion, but we're not going to pay you or change your title, but you're going to have more work," like that's not cool. You know, now if behind the scenes, if you hear about Curry getting a little extension, maybe a little raise. Then I might kind of start buying into that theory a little okay. bit, but uh, but in, until then, I I think old Carmichael again. Maybe he gets Curry more involved, which would be good. I mean, I think anything would be better than this past season. Um, and I get it; you had injuries, all this stuff. But I just you have Alvin Kamara. How do you not get him in space? I mean, I, I think I, I think know. I think that criticism of the offense this past season. I don't think it was over the top. I think it was fair. I think it was just. And if if what you say is true, then. You know, then he should be in line for a raise because if you're going to make me do all this extra stuff and you're only selling me on opportunity, because mm-hmm. I've worked in, in in a business that's done stuff like that, and maybe when I was young, I was naive enough to believe it, but as I got right. older, I realized, no, you're just trying to save money. That's all you're trying to do. You're trying to get more out of me without paying me. And I hope Curry doesn't do it for no. It's an opportunity. It's not it's opportunity. An opportunity. <laughs> you're there. You're doing it. I mean, that's just, the opportunity is done. Yes. You're the OC yes. now. We're yeah. just not going to call you an OC. And you get to keep your same paycheck. Yeah. yeah. 
I got told, you know, how lucky you are in the past, too, as well, when I looked for a raise. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I've been there and done that. Um, you know how lucky you are. Yeah, yeah, do you know, know how lucky, you, how are, lucky you are. Yeah, I do, but I need to pay bills. Um, is this a travesty that Chris Olave is not selected as one of the three finalists for Offensive Rookie of the Year and Brock Purdy is? Nine games played, he only started five. He has 1,374 yeah. yards I mean, passing, 13 TDs, four picks, but Chris Olave's a 1,000-yard receiver, 72 receptions, 15 games played, four TDs, and essentially had to take over the number one receiving role when Landry essentially didn't play most of the season, and Michael Thomas really didn't. I, I, I don't know how he's not at least a one of the, the three finalists when you look at it. The others... Kenneth Walker the third Seahawks running back, Garrett Wilson, fellow Ohio State receiver for the Jets. Yeah, um, you know, I think Bernard Pollard was good, too. I, travesty is a strong word. I think that Purdy should not. Uh, Alave, yes. Does Alave belong in there over Purdy? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he, he didn't get enough reps. And, and he played fine, and, and he's doing a good job, and he's in the right situation, and credit to him. I think he's I think Purdy time runs out this week, and I think Philly's going to take it. I think it's going to be a close game, but the Eagles are going to win, and the Niners are going to lose. And the the biggest reason they're going to lose is going to be because of Brock Purdy. I think the time is up this Sunday, but that's beside the point. Purdy's been fine. He deserves some flowers, but you, you don't have a big enough body of work this year to be in there as the three finalists. The stats aren't as strong. They're just not. But it's a quarterback's league. His team was really good. I'm, I'm not surprised that he's in there, but he doesn't deserve to be in there over a lot of it, and probably maybe a number of other rookies. Yeah. It's a travesty. I'm going to go with travesty. Travesty. Go, yep, travesty for me. Travesty. Oh, well, you know what? If the Saints can do it, we can definitely do it as well. We're going to, we're going to bring you back as long as you want to still, still be around. Um, what do you make of Chris Richard interviewing with the Dolphins for their D.C. job and Ryan Nielsen interviewing with the Falcons with their D.C. job? Uh, I think it's, uh, I, I think mission accomplished for what the Saints wanted. You know, I think they, I, I think uh, people might be saying, like, wait, what? Look, they want their coaches to succeed. They want their guys to thrive, you know, and by making them co defensive coordinators, I think that helped elevate them both. You know, if one of them's a DC and one of them's not, I don't know if they're both getting these interviews right now. And you have a coach that is a defensive coach, is your head coach. So kind of got more control over the defense. I mean, when Peyton was the coach, he never touched the defense. He just hired right. him and let him do the work. So I think what I think is that the Saints, they, they, they're not regretting their decision to, to help their guys out, make them co-defensive coordinators. And I think if either of them get hired, I think they'll wish them well. And, um, you know, I'll probably promote someone from within, at least to be the D.C., because Dennis Allen is still going to be the one of the team. At least that's my understanding. Um, so good luck to him, but, uh, you know, if you go to the Falcons fan, uh, do that, and, uh, I hope you have the worst defense in the NFL. That's just how it goes. Just want to let you know, and still, offensive coordinator of your New Orleans Saints, B. Carmichael Jr., my friend. There we go. What are you doing? Why are you doing that to me? What are you doing? <laughs> have a great Western week, Scott. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much as always for joining us, Mr. Scott Prather, 1033 that got over in Lafayette. That's got Mimic on Twitter. We come back. Corey Glore, they're on the road. What happened yesterday at the Hurt Center that was very unique? And Corey was a prop for it. I'll explain next on ESPN New Orleans. And I'm getting older with every memory I make. If your business needs serious hustle, our internet has plenty. Switch to Rev Business All Fiber Internet with fiber optic velocity close to the speed of light. Sign up and get three months free and 30% off. Build your plan at letsrev.biz. Let's Rev. Whoever said you can't have it all, never had internet that could do it all. Switch to Rev. No contracts, no data caps, no nonsense. It's the high-speed internet you need. Build your plan at letsrev.com. Let's Rev. We don't want you on our team. You're too slow and fat. This is Weight Bias. I'm worried about your weight. Don't you care what other people think? Millions who live and are affected by obesity face weight bias every day. You're not the right fit for this job. Unfair judgment by others. Just stop eating so much and exercise some. 
You lose all this weight. These people often blame themselves. It's just me. Nobody likes me. I do exercise and eat right. And I talk to my doctor. Weight bias hurts. Everyone deserves to be treated with dignity and respect. Your words and actions matter. Let's stop weight bias. Let's work together. Be part of the solution. Go to stopweightbias.com and learn more. A public service message from Obesity Action Coalition. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Hey, you know, I, I woke up and I just thought today, I'm going to have a mental day today. I need to really work on my mental. And, you know, we lost back-to-back games. And so uh, um, I'm trying to get myself ready for practicing mm-hmm. and, and thinking maybe I, I did yoga. I've never tried yoga. Um, mm-hmm. I've never in my life had a cup of coffee. I'm thinking about having my first cup of coffee today. Um, I'm 50-something years old, and I'm thinking about having a cup of coffee. That's why I'm laying here just mm-hmm. trying to – and I know I was going to see you. And so I just thought, you know, mm-hmm. what better way to kind of get myself going than, mm-hmm. than mentally getting ready? Meditation? No, 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 not meditating. Um, I, I'm old. My legs hurt. Um, and uh, That is Ron Hunter conducting an interview. Men's head basketball coach with Tulane Greenwave on the couch. Not seen in the video, but there, the voice of the Tulane Greenwave. Mr. Corey Glore, you're doing your part, sir. How are you this afternoon? You know, I'm doing well. I got to, you know, watch that uh, session from right next to Ron Hunter. In fact, yeah. he had his feet up on me as I was mm-hmm. sitting on that couch next to him. And uh, so now I feel good. I, I, that was a nice uh, mental rest for me as well. You know, part of our jobs back in the day when I was part of the broadcasts with you guys, um, um, you know, I mean, you do what you do, right? Whatever, whatever coach needs, uh, to help out and, and being a footrest sometimes it just so happens to be what needed to be happening that day. Yeah. You know, I was sitting there, you know, I was at the lobby of the Hurt Center and I was sitting there talking with Ed Daniels, just, uh, just talking about things. And then Coach Hunter comes down from his office and he just sits right down the couch and just spins around and, and puts his feet up and just lays down. And so. Yeah. You know, it was uh, sometimes. Uh, sometimes it just happens. Sometimes you need to take your feet up a little bit. Exactly. Um, look, it's almost not to make light of the situation, but just to kind of look at things in a different sort of perspective, right? Green Wave were playing really well. Had the number one team uh, in Uptown New Orleans. They lose eighty to sixty in that game against Tulane on the seventeenth, and then on Saturday a tough loss, man. This past Saturday at Tulsa against a team that what I think was four wins in conference or. The eighty-one seventy-nine. That's a tough loss. Was that a case of one loss turning into two? You think? Yeah, I don't know if it was that. I think the fact that you know that first loss also resulted in Kevin Cross being injured helpfully to the second loss. I don't think it was necessarily a, a wore down hangover sort of effect, but um, it, it was the case of playing without arguably a most important player and they were actually doing pretty well in that regard up until about the last three minutes of regulation and overtime and then they started giving up offensive rebounds they started not passing the ball on the offensive end and down the stretch of games cross is going to be running point more often than not so i think it caught up to them in a game in which they only had really seven guys they were playing in the second half in overtime. And so I think exhaustion finally crept up to them, right. but not having their most important piece on the floor was the main difference. Kind of seems like uh, when I talk about the Pelicans, man, I mean, look, it's kind of one of those things that fans, I, I think they do get and they do understand, and sometimes you can overcome them, right, when you have injuries and things of that nature. How deep is Tulane, and how do they go about it if players have to miss time, especially a player like him? You know, they're deep enough depending on the position. I think, you know, there have been a couple of games that Tulane's played without Jalen Cook this year, and they've been able to maneuver around that fine. But with what Cross brings, there's really no replacement for that. And so he's maybe the best stretch big in the conference, and what he's able to do on both ends of the floor is just 
irreplaceable. There, there's just not really a go-to option to do something like that where he can get the rebounding that Cross provides, but also the, the point duties that he does uh, on the offensive side. And so, um, it, it, you know, they're deep talent-wise, Gus, but in terms of where they're deep, I think that came through Saturday in Tulsa, that there's really no one right behind Kevin Cross that can do everything that he's capable of doing. It almost seemed very similar when I was calling the ladies, Corey, every time we would go to Wichita State, which is y'all's opponent tonight, or they would come here. Those games are always close. They're always tight. Last year, Tulane won both meetings by a combined two points. Do you think that's a situation that we may see again tonight? You know, I think it's, it's possible because Wichita is a very good defensive team and they're playing really good ball here over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And with the way, you know, I, we'll see how shorthanded Tulane will be tonight. You know, Cross is, you know, I'm at shoot around right now and Cross is about to try and give it a go here, uh, for the shoot around to see if he's able to go tonight. Uh, but with this, with the fact that now the bye week is coming up after this and you went half the year without getting a rest. Um, there, there's going to be some tired legs here in Wichita, I guess, that they played 19 games this year. 14 of them have been decided by 10 points or less. Oh, wow. So they're, they're used to stuff like this. Um, this is how they live right now. And so I would anticipate something similar here and what's going to be a pretty strong contrast of style. You, you see, you say contrast of styles. Obviously, look, Tulane, we were, when we last chatted with you, right? They're, High 80s, 90 points several times doing that. Is this more of a team in the Shockers that they, they love to slow the game down? They're a physical thing. I mean, I'm trying to think of what would be a contrast to a, a more up-tempo Tulane offense. Yeah, they muddy it up. I mean, Tulane, one of, one of the underrated elements of them is not just that they score a lot, but they also, they're one of the, the top teams in the nation in terms of most possessions per game. They average about 73 a game and that's ninth in the, in the country. And so they do want to move on you. They do want to get down floor and, and go quick. Wichita is a lot slower, a lot more methodical with how they run things. They're a really good three-point defense. And so they want to gum things up in the half court. They need to get back in transition. Tulane will want to run on this team. And so that's going to create a collision of really unique styles here. I think if this game's going to be sitting in the high 60s, low 70s, uh, then Tulane's going to be in a pretty stern battle for a win. If they get it into the 80s, then that's where they want to be. The old play-by-play in me just, uh, I wouldn't say I got queasy. I just, my, the ears perked up when you said muddied up because that's normally, so how much leeway are officials going to give them to be physical, right? I mean, is that normally when you think of muddying up, um, that they're going to get, and you just said three-point defense. That means getting up on players, being able to get your hands on them. Things of that nature, right? The, and and I guess a key is how you play through that if they're allowed to muddy it up, right? Because sometimes officials go in and go in, that's their style, they let it go. Yeah, and and that's where, you know, even though Tulane's not necessarily interested in a game like that, if fouls are going to get racked up, they're so good at the foul line this year, and they're, they're second in the country at free throw percentage, that they're okay with doing that. If it slows the game down, they're going to get free points to the line. That's been one of their biggest strengths this year. It's not just shooting well from the stripe, but also drawing contact to get them there. And so, you know, they missed seven free throws in Tulsa on Saturday, and that's the second most they missed in a game this year. And so to think that that number is right. that high on the list of how many they've missed, um, that speaks to just what they've done there. It's an underrated element of this team that, for a team that seems pretty jump shot happy and shooting the three like this one tends to be, they draw fouls extremely well. And so if it is going to slow down like that, if the whistles are going to be frequent here in Wichita, I think Tulane's going to be okay with that because mm-hmm. of just how good they are at the line. So an interesting part of the season, right? As you mentioned, the, the bye week coming, the Shockers, what, four of the last five have been wins. You've lost two straight. Kind of a pivotal game before, I guess, the home stretch of the regular season, huh? Yeah, I, I think this has become a lot more pivotal than where we were a week ago. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, the loss to Houston's one thing, but with what happened Saturday, that's like that, to say it's a setback's an understatement. And so now, you know, that you're in a scramble a little bit. Uh, and with halfway through the year coming up at the end of this one, the league is starting to tight together, really even at the top, all the way down to the bottom. And so now everyone's starting to beat each other up. So stealing wins on the road becomes a little bit more important for this group because suddenly the pathway to getting a two seed in the conference tournament or a three seed in the conference tournament 
becomes a little bit hazier if you can't grab something like this. I think not looking ahead to the fact that you have a weekend off upcoming is going to be pretty vital for this team who could use a little bit of a rest, no Mm -hmm. question, because this building is not going to let up on you. They still draw well here in Wichita. They're still right on top of you here, uh, and they'll be in your ear from start to finish. And so if you're able to kind of avoid looking forward to getting your feet off the floor a little bit over the next couple days, uh, you can get a, a win that could loom pretty large here tonight. Now with what happened last week, Gus, they kind of need it. Final thing for you, uh, a stats, is it rebounds, is it free throws, is it fouls? What is it I need you paying attention to when I pull up the box score and follow along? I, I think it, it really just jumps back to three-point shooting. Okay. Tulane has really struggled behind the arc the last three games, and that was a strong suit of their five-game winning streak, and Wichita's good at defending the arc. So, you know, Tulane could not hit their threes against Tulsa, both Forbes and Cook had really off nights from long range. And they're going to need to find that stroke back here tonight because that's one of Wichita's strengths. And if you can get them out of their comfort zone defensively, then you can really dictate the pace of this game. You know, they out-rebounded Tulsa on Saturday. It's rare for this team to out-rebound a team. I don't think mm-hmm. that's the key tonight. they got to get back to their normal three-point offense here because that is a black in the last week and a half. I know kind of almost when you guys were doing football as well, too, six wins and things of that nature, you want to get it to the point where, you know, it, it was conference championships and things of that nature, but 13 wins all of last season. A win tonight gets you that win, 13, and it, it steps, right? Steps in the right direction. I'm sure I wouldn't even ask Coach Ron Hunter about that because he's like, what are you talking about? We won a lot more than 13 wins. We're going to go dancing, but it, it's one of those little, as Steve Barrios would say, it's probably one of those boxes you, you check, right? Passing last year's win total with the win tonight. And I think that the fact that I, I didn't realize that that was on the line tonight until you just said it, matching last year's regular season win total, I think that speaks to now what the, the, the expectation around this program has become. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I would wager Ron Hunter's not aware of that at all. Uh, and so, yeah, th- there are little steps being taken forward here by this program and the fact that they can really push past last year's semi-breakthrough year here tonight. You know, that that's a nice little mark here on the agenda for, for this two-lane club. But I, I think they're looking at where they sit in the league right now, where they need to finish in mm-hmm. the league to set themselves up well for a conference tournament run. And make no mistake, I, I think they're, they're, they know now that if they, they need to play postseason ball, how they position themselves for the league tournament is now vital. And so now these next 10 games are going to dictate that. But the fact that they can match last year's win total right here, right now, before January closes up, that's not a small thing. Yep, there it is. I was going to say, with 10 games left, I think you're going to pass last season's total, barring something unforeseen here. Corey, finally, as we wrap up with you again, thanks for your time, man, as you're shooting around. Um, I I saw there was a parade on campus for, with the football team. All I want to know is that Steve Barrios, you and Maddie get your own float. Uh, no, we did not. We have still not reached that level of that importance here at Tulane to unfortunately uh, receive our own float. Do you sit on top of a car at least, like a convertible? Uh, yes, but that wasn't part of the parade. Okay. So, so you just snuck in. You grabbed the golf cart and you just snuck in. I sat on somebody's <laughs> car. There it is. Corey Glor, voice of the Tulane Green Wave. Go give them a listen tonight as uh, they will take on Wichita State over on the road. 8 p.m. is that tip time. 8 p.m. Thank you, Corey. Appreciate it, bud. Good luck. Your pleasure is always. All right, man. Thank you so much. We come back. What did Colin Coward exactly say? Saw this hitting a lot social media yesterday. Oh, the, the Broncos have made an offer to Sean Payton. It's up to I, I'm going to play what he said, and then we can discuss this, right? So sports hangover on ESPN. Could be like a maiden, Lawrence. Once again, I'm going to need a brother. Yeah, this brother gave me all his brother. Every time I come here, I bought it. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa.
Anyone who has ever needed self-storage knows what a hassle it can be. You have to rent or borrow a truck and then find someone to help you move your stuff. And let's face it, moving furniture and heavy items without damaging them isn't easy. Renting the unit is worse. The hidden fees and admin costs are scarier than the dingy facilities you're leaving your stuff in. Why not use ClosetBox instead? ClosetBox is self-storage without leaving home. They'll pick up your belongings, store them securely, and bring any item back when you need it. The best part? Unlike traditional self-storage, you only pay for what you store. No paying for unused storage space. ClosetBox's background check storage movers are licensed, bonded, and insured and will take care of all of the heavy lifting. ClosetBox's local storage centers are temperature controlled and monitored 24-7. ClosetBox has an A-plus rating from the BBB. Call 877-233-5696 now for the season's best rates. Get $50 off first month storage using code RADIO50. That's 877-233-5696. 877-233-5696. It's Gus Kattengell with the Sports Hangover. Join us for Thursdays with the crew of Katie's. Every Thursday, we'll be live at a member of the Katie's family of restaurants from 12 to 3. Whether it's Katie's on Iberville, Francesca's Deli on Harrison, or Bienview on Hickory. Enjoy lively sports banter with delicious eats. Join us as we talk about the latest from our local teams. You'll likely hear me argue with Scott Craig about his St. Louis Cardinals and my Chicago Cubs. Good thing he's a Brother Martin grad. Thursdays from 12 to 3 is the Sports Hangover with the crew of Katie's on ESPN New Orleans. Man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. That is the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. If you'd like to chime into the conversation here, Pels go down last night by one. Heck of an effort to battle back down 19. Tail of two halves. I'm going to play all that locker room sound from Billy, from Jose, from Coach Green, top of the hour. But, of course, we are on Sean Payton watch. Where is he going to coach? So, tomorrow it's the Cardinals. The second meeting with the Broncos has been delayed. But I saw this yesterday, and General D texted me during the game. He's like, the Broncos have made an offer. I'm like, what are you talking about? So I'm, you know, I'm looking. I'm seeing if Schefter, if Ian, if NFL.com, CBSSports.com, Fox.com. Like, where is it? And... and it, 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 we eventually tracked it down to what Colin Coward said. Now, you know, I've been referencing him several times over the last several months during the football season. Sean Payton is a member of Fox, right? So for FS1 and what have you, he has a regular Monday appearance on his show. I referenced it back in October, September, and he was talking about specifically when you coach. Against certain players, you have to coach a certain way. It's aggressive nature. And I, I brought that up in terms of it reared its ugly head in Tampa, right? Third and one and, and things like that because you're going against Brady. And he specifically said when you play Brady and you play Mahomes, Josh Allen, all these great quarterbacks, Justin Herbert, you, you have to coach differently. You have to be aggressive. You have to do all those things. So it's actually been pretty insightful in his segments. Well, that's turned into negotiating in plain sight, right? Last Monday, I played it. Two minutes, 14 seconds. My man basically laid down how it's going to go down. What's important to him, what the compensation for the Saints likely will be, mid to late first round pick, that he's talked with Mickey Loomis about it, all that stuff. So then we spoke yesterday if you remember, about the report from Jeff Duncan that he thinks the longer this goes, he may just go back to Fox if it's not what he wants totally or feels that's the right fit. And I had Jeff on, especially because Diana Rossini quote tweeted him on Twitter, which is grabbing his tweet and then adding to it, for those that don't follow Twitter that much, in which she said, yep, just right. Oh, by the way, there could be a mystery team waiting in the wings while they get their ducks in a row. So that's what we talked about yesterday. It was our question of the day. Is it a team that already has a head coach and is just looking on and seeing what they can do, right? 
letting the other teams kind of set the market, see if that's what they want to go in, things that nature didn't swoop in. There's only really three teams that I can think of that have current head coaches that would make sense, that I would remotely have it tied to, and it's Dallas, it's the Chargers, and Roy's Miami Dolphins. Because, again, they tampered last year to try to get Sean Payton and Tom Brady, or two years ago, to the point where they got fined and the owner got suspended for some games. Obviously, the Dallas thing is a tie. Everyone knows that. The Chargers is what I have lumped them into, and I played sound yesterday from ESPN nationally of analysts saying they've always thought that that would be a tie-in. Is it a team that doesn't have a head coach? There's only one of the five teams that don't have a head coach that have yet to request permission to talk to Sean Payton, and that's the Colts. Could it be them waiting in the wings? Seeing what the compensation is, Seeing what his asking price is, which last week we found out he is, he's looking 20 to 25 over four years. Or is it option three? BS. It's his team. It's him trumping up a little nervousness. The same thing we saw when this team, the Saints, were seven and nine for three straight seasons. Y'all do remember, right? He got two contract extensions. During three non-playoff seasons? Do you remember how that went? Several teams prepared to try to take talk to Sean Payton if he's a free agent at the end of the season. This was like in October. One of those seasons, it was absurd. I'm like, who? They were 0-4. I'm like, what team in the NFL is sitting there going, well, oh, that's great. Ah, tough loss. You know what? Um, call, uh, call so-and-so. We need to get on the horn with this guy. Who? What NFL team, when you're 0-4, is thinking, that's my head coach? <laughs> Honestly. I'm just telling you. With the poor draft that they did for two of those three seasons, like, there are very real reasons why they were 79 for three straight years. But yeah, during that time, media report, oh, it's speculation. Several teams are like, who? Who is lining up to go get a coach that's 1-5 in or 0-4 oh or for a second straight season is missing the playoffs? Who? It's beautiful work by his people. He got two extensions during that time. So I think it's a little bit of all, all three, right? I mean, I, I can't say that those teams that currently have head coaches wouldn't be thinking about it. But as I said yesterday, they would then have to start the process that is required by the NFL where at least you have to make it appear like it's open, open. Right? You have to hire or you have to interview minorities. You have to go through training. You There's a lot of things to do. It can't just be fire McDaniels, fire McCarthy, fire you know Staley. We're going to announce that we're hiring Sean. That's not how it goes. So I don't think it's that. I think it's more, and I said it, if I had to list them in order, i go three, two, one. I think it's them trumping up a little nervousness, making sure some teams go, wait, wait, wait a minute. We don't want other teams to get in. And then I go back to, and I found it. Here's Colin Kurt, uh, Colin Cowherd yesterday opening up the segment about it. It's not long. It's about a minute and a half here. NFL executive says Russell Wilson is washed amid the Sean Payton rumors. I have been told the Broncos have made a decision. They want Sean Payton. Russell Wilson has told the Broncos owners he wants Sean Payton. Here's the dilemma. According to an NFL exec, Denver's got the best tradition. The new owners seem aggressive. They're willing to spend. But I think Russell Wilson's washed and the lack of draft capital holding him back. The defense is very good, but Mahomes and Herbert aren't going anywhere in that division. So, you know, you think to yourself, if Brian Dable can get Daniel Jones to the playoffs, can Sean Payton get Russell Wilson to the playoffs? Well, Herbert and Mahomes are not playing in the NFC East. But I think one of the things that Sean Payton has to think about, and it's a real thing, with Daniel Jones, there are some limitations but they're football limitations. You know what you have. It's right in front of you. But with Russell Wilson, there's self-awareness issues. Trying to simultaneously be a football star and elevate Ciara's career issues. There's the isolation issues from teammates. 
He's got his own office. That's an issue. And his own chiropractor, I'm told. That's an issue. A lot of this stuff is personality, emotional, family stuff. That's way harder. The football stuff for a Brian Dable or a Sean Payton, that's not, that's not as difficult. Wasn't it a little bit, and I'm a Russell Wilson fan, wasn't it a little bit an eye-opener when he left the Seahawks and former teammates, some of them offensive, use words like fake, isolated, not approachable? Hmm. All, all reasons why I, I think, especially if Denver has made it clear, we want you. Willing to pay the compensation, willing to cut the check. If Denver was his choice, I don't know if he'd be interviewing with the other teams. I said this last Thursday, and the more I think about it as we wrap up our number one, man, if it does, I, Carolina really makes me nervous and excites me because it's going to be a heck of a, of a rivalry. I just, Carolina to me makes the most sense of all the job openings that have interviewed him. The Texans, it can be a little bit more. I think you're quicker to win that division, perhaps, in Carolina than Houston. You're not in the AFC. You don't have to face those quarterbacks. Just something to keep an eye on. But that's where all of that is coming from, if you've heard. The Broncos have made an offer. I don't know if it's been an official offer, but maybe they've let him know, hey, we want you if you want us. And Russell Wilson has as well. But he's interviewing with the Cardinals tomorrow. Sports Hangover continues next with hour number two on ESPN New Orleans. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more.